space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. And we're picking up where we left off, talking about the Dominion War. We're at the start of Season 6 of Deep Space Nine now. Before that, though, we've got a little bit of Trek news. Uh, which was that the Strange New Worlds trailer dropped, including the live-action Boimler and Mariner. Uh, do you know, what I love is, when you watch the trailer, you don't really see it, but someone shared some stills with us. And if you look at the stills, you can see where his hair's a dark shade of purple. And also, they've done a really canny makeup job where it just gives a suggestion of cartoon. It's just a little slightly over yeah. makeup, but not so much it looks ridiculous for mm -hmm. live action. It just looks like he's got a cartoon-esque face. Yeah. It, it's such a great job. And with her, they've kind of like uh, matched her tones to make it look a bit more cartoony as the well. The revelation for me was um, Mariner's hair that she's got like curly hair whereas the the animated character doesn't look like she has which i, ju I just thought was really interesting what's the cult going out to one side yeah. Yeah. it's towards one side but i mean it's like wavy I, i'm not good at describing yeah. hair oh, I, I think it's just to... basically I, I think it's basically it's just slightly her, her natural hair's got slightly less subtle curls or like you know they've got more yeah, yeah I think whereas yeah. the cartoon it's in there but it's just like they've obviously gone for characters who look uh, voice actors who actually look like the characters because they obviously have thoughts that, that this might happen at some point. Yeah. Well, so, there's some of the other ones you wouldn't get away with this with, but yeah, like Jerry O'Connell doesn't look really like his character. Yeah. No. Or uh, sound like it, which is weird. I don't know how they make his voice sound like that. I, say, I know I say <laughs> this every time, but it, it weirds me out because I know Jerry O'Connell's voice. I watched every episode of Sliders multiple times. It's just so weird to hear his voice so different in that. Yeah. The funny of these um, actors, how they can act differently. Oh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck no, you. No, I'm not going to go with like you. you. I'm just saying it's... Um, <laughs> no, that would have been a great Mickey take you know, no, You know what, Jim? It's almost as if they're acting. Acting. It is, yeah. <laughs> but, all, but, um, the thing is, it's like most actors, that I mean, just to change your voice that much is actually really difficult. So just fair play to him that he's... No, like, I, I mean, you've got your classic, like Sean Connery with his Russian accent and his um, Irish accent that he won an Oscar for somehow. <laughs> Let's ne not forget his Spanish. You his know, Spanish that, that, accent. Egyptian. <laughs> it was Spanish. Egyptian. Oh, sorry, Egyptian. Pardon me. Yeah. Sorry. Wait, I make it sound like, of course, it didn't sound Spanish. It sounded dead on Egyptian. Well, that's it, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's like with the curly hair, though. Um, the same thing with the purple hair. It's like they've done enough to give a suggestion of what is in the cartoon without, you know, they, they really yeah. do so many things. And if you get bright purple, I mean, actually, they could have done bright purple. There's no reason why in the future they could have There's no reason why they could have done bright purple, but you only get a few spikes of people saying really like that, but it's how to do animations. Yeah, exactly. So. It's it, it's yeah. the stylized look but, of it. I really like it from what we've seen. I think it all looks phenomenal. great. For, like the like the reviews and all that. Like, it's like 
directed that by Jonathan Frakes is the episode. Mm-hmm. And they say that the whole episode is just a comic caper. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> That's what we want. It, it's Yeah, it sounds fun that they brought Lower Decks crew, crew into one of the other shows and they're making that other show a Lower Decks show yeah. for, this, for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Strange New Worlds... It's probably one of the shows which can get a bit away with it the best. Yeah, it's so fun. It's not silly always, but it is fun. It's, and it's it can be silly. It can get away what, with silly. Which is what the original series mm-hmm. was. The original series was fun. At ta- it could be serious, but it, serious, but it could, was also br- some really fun episodes to watch as well. Well, if, if you look at Lower Decks, though, you could put um, sorry uh, Deep Space Nine. You could put you put Lower Decks and Deep Space Nine as they yeah. did. You couldn't put Deep Space like. Sorry, the other way around. You can put Deep Space Nine low decks, but you couldn't put low decks in Deep Space Nine, really, for the time. I think that would no. be a bit more of a difficult one. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Next Generation, even, really, you know, and Voyager, probably so. Uh, but like you um, say, um, Strange New Worlds, where it's harking back to the original series. It's it, got it, that it versatility to, to pull it off, absolutely. Yeah. 60s largesse you can get away with. Yeah. And Elliot, you were about to tell me uh, a theory that you were having. I have a theory, and it's. I reckon this is going to be a transporter accident. Ooh. One of the clips we get is Spock saying bye is the beaming out on the transporter, so I'm thinking that they're transporting them back the way that they come in, so they'll actually. Could be. Yeah, that's the only thing that bugged me. I mean, very triflingly, triflingly, you know, it's not a big complaint, but. I wish they wouldn't show us the end of an episode because that's yeah. Quite, if, if that, I if mean, that I'd be very surprised end, if that is. Yeah, it if might it not be the end of the episode. It might not be so. It might be a complete red herring. But where else in the <laughs> episode do you do that? You know, oh but goodbye, Boimler, and give him the yeah, slip. That's and, such and an excellent got, moment. And got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> it's like um, Squee. I know you went to see the modern masterpiece that is Fast Ten recently, as yeah. did I. And yeah. the trailers showed multiple scenes from the final action scene in that, which, you know, it's just you shouldn't do it in trailers. There used to be a rule in Hollywood that the trailer, you never included anything from the last, I think it was three reels, as it was at the time, yeah. Um, yeah. or basically the third act of the movie. You weren't supposed to put anything from it in a trailer. And they, well, they they just don't do that anymore. They don't follow that. I mean, this is what I'm I'm worried about with the Flash movie. As much as it looks like I cannot wait to see Michael Keaton as Batman. I'm going to say, do you mean Batman 3? You mean Batman 3? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Batman 3. They should have saved the reveal of the Batmanville. Like, just had, in the first trailer, they did it like he was pulling off the sheet and then it cut away. That's perfect. You know what's under there. You don't need to see it. You could have saved that for the screen. You've had him going, uh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. This fucking country. Like I'm Batman. Who didn't want to hear that on big screen for the first time? Like, I I love those moments. I'll still love them I, in the cinema. I, I but it would have been so this. much more impactful to me if I'd heard it for the first time on the big screen mm. since back I've, then. I've got a theory why they're doing this as well. Well, I'll let James go with his first. I, I yeah, I think it's um a bit of a they've their arms been forced a little bit that because of the whole Ezra Miller situation, which we won't get into, I think that they've realised, right, we've got to advertise this on Michael Keaton's Batman. I think they would have held back more had 
That's the very possible. supposed I, I, star of the film being a bit more marketable at this moment in time. Yeah, I also think that it might be to do with the fact that the last couple of DC movies have massively underperformed compared mm-hmm. to what the thing. So they're putting things in to get people to go. Most of DC has. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but but I, even in the teaser, I you know I I, I think you're both right. I, I think you're completely right. That's why. However. They're idiots. I'm sorry, but they should know that everyone was already so excited. Look, let's face it. As we soon as you went, Michael Keaton. <laughs> and weren't we all checking the news every day going, it's like, please don't say they've killed anyone. Please don't say they killed No, Ezra Miller hasn't killed anyone. He's an abhorrent, they are an abhorrent <laughs> person, but they haven't killed anyone. We can get away with watching it. So, like, let's face it, short of him murdering someone, like, and there, there's certain offenses where he would have crossed the line. They would have crossed the line. Pardon me, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for anyone who offended with that. They. Um, However, yeah, let's face it, we, we were bending our ethical, co- ethical code as much as we can while still being mm. able to live with ourselves. Yeah. And then there was the other Michael thing where it was like Keaton was announced and it was all looking good and then COVID hit and it was the Flashes filming in England and Michael Keaton's a very, he's a very canny bloke, he's Michael Keaton. He went, well, I'm a bit worried about COVID safety. Um, what about if we give you another couple of million? Actually, England looks pretty COVID safe. I think I can go film that film there. For a couple of million, I can get a uh, bent mask onto my uh, back mask. Yeah. Let's be be fair here. England was about as safe as America during COVID. That's very true. And I I think that's a very... um, politically safe way to put it. I was going to say, look, I hate that, like, the apple I'm eating is going to stick in my throat as I say this, but I think Boris Johnson might have done a better job than Donald Trump. Okay, I can give him that much. That's the one thing I can mm-hmm. do. Anything else, like he should be in jail right now, but <laughs> but I think he might have done a better job than in America. Well, we got him quicker. I'll like, and I'll... actually, to be honest with you, in spite of Boris Johnson, we got there quicker. Yes, but he was true. a PM at the time, so he gets the win. <laughs> you know, we Fair for enough. that. Well, let's move from real-world politics to Cardassian, Bajoran, Dominion, Federation politics, and we'll have a look at the season one, uh, season six, sorry, premiere, A Time to Stand. And I mentioned this last week. We talked about the final shot of the episode was them joining the fleet, and because people had this in the head that that means, oh, they're going to retake the station straight away... That's why this episode starts immediately with a shot of a destroyed fleet. It's to to show you straight away, like, no, no, that fleet didn't go and retake the station immediately. It that, tried to do something else. Back yeah, it, it didn't work out very well for them. So that's why if you watch the episodes back to back, you get that juxtaposition of the big heroic yeah. fleet and then a, a somewhat battered fleet straight away. I would still say, though, since last week I've been thinking about it, I still don't see that... I, I get how people got there, but just because they joined a fleet... I I, to me, it didn't necessarily mean the, that. To me, the, just, that's, you know... The I'm not saying it was ridiculous for The thing is that we've got 20-odd years that we've been re-watching this. So if you think about the first time you see it, it does look like a cliffhanger. But you know what's coming now. Yeah, that's so, true. That's very true. So it doesn't. So even though you're trying to rewatch it in in that, you no matter what you try to do, you know what is coming next. So you can't put yourself in that same. Mm. It's true, but I'm trying. I'm trying to sort of take myself out of it. Like if I was yeah. watching this for the first time and I don't remember. 
when watching Star Trek. But honestly, some stuff really sticks in my mind what I was thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of it does because, you know, to all of us, this was gold. This was manna from heaven, you know? So it's like, I, I, I don't remember what I felt when I watched this, but I, I don't remember thinking that, if that makes sense. No, I can't remember what I thought, to be honest, but that's why we open with that shot. And yeah, yeah. then we move on to Bashir and Garak and... This is this is good Bashir. This is how I like Bashir now that he's been outed as a, a genetically yeah, enhanced person. Yeah, <laughs> and so he gets to do all this showing off, and he's got all this where he's working out percentages, and yeah. there's a thirty-two point seven percent chance of survival. And it was when it was when Garrick. What I love about this is because they show uh, with even with uh, O'Brien, who loves Bashir, he. You can tell he feels threatened sometimes by his superior intellect. Mm-hmm. Like the dart stuff, it's played comedically, but I think there's a suggestion that he really does feel yeah. threatened. Garrick, on the other hand, he's going, brilliant, I can have so much more fun with him yeah. now. Like now, now <laughs> yeah. I don't have to hide my intelligence to yeah. wind him up. Like I can go to the top of my game. Like this will be a challenge I, I, and no yeah, one challenges him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, he I could bring my ear game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then it. it might not be enough. That excites him. Yeah, because Bashir, presumably, part of his augmentation with his intelligence is he can read people very well. He's probably yeah. known a lot longer when Garak's been lying than what Garak thought. So, yeah, he probably has got to really up his game now. Here's a thought. Garak goes up to Bashir, like, in that first episode that he's in mm. and kind of introduces himself. Do you think he might have somehow known or suspected? Like Maybe. I know it's retconning. I know, of course, we know they. Yeah, but it doesn't matter within the within yeah. the world. Um... Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was something he was drawn to, that he got uh, an impression from him. Because Garak can oh. tell when people are hiding things, even if it's yeah. even if it's very subtly. So he. Uh, maybe he got an impression it, 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 that this guy, there's something, there's something else, else about that him. Is yeah, I, I noticed that he saw that, like I saw him seeing that thing, and then he acted as if he did, like, you know, those little things that most of us would miss. Yeah. Garrick would totally see. Yeah, That's he really, would. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, I love that thing. <laughs> I just came up with it in a second. Yeah, I really like that. Um, that's the great thing about it. It's like every time we think of something new about Bashir and Garak, you're like, I need to rewatch the whole series again <laughs> just to focus you, on you, them two. You could you could do a, 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 a Garak, the ones where they're really interacting together on yeah. the shows. Oh, um, you can if actually, only we had a you, podcast that we could do things like <laughs> that on. <laughs> you can actually make the first few series as well, which like I don't think are as bad as people remember. No, but not at all. At the same time, there are so much more interesting if you think of like Bashir lying all the time throughout all the episodes. Think, There's a few bits which don't work, but mostly it actually works really yeah, well. Yeah, have to remember he's lying. The first, the first season suffered from trying to do. Still trying to do next gen mm-hmm. again, but tried to do next gen again while he trapped on the space station with just a, a big space shuttle to go. Yeah, <laughs> a big shuttlecraft to go exploring in. So it, it really cut down on what they could do. Yeah, the first season of so he ended up, he ended up, he ended up with a lot of uh, bizarrely uh, bizarre incidents happened on the station. Yeah. And why had nothing like this ever happened before at that station? <laughs> yeah. The the first season of DS9 
it could have come from the exact same writer's room as TNG, which I'm not saying that uh, yeah. in a way to knock it. But by the time you get to season three, when Iris Stephen Bear takes over, it's a different show, and it it's <laughs> yeah. notably a different show. Um, it which is its own thing. It decides yeah. to be its own thing and not just to be Star Trek Next Generation yeah. again. Which is how we wind up with this ongoing war storyline. But <laughs> meanwhile. Worf and Dax have got to get married and they have this little bit where apparently Worf's been fretting for weeks about yeah. when they're going to sacrifice the tag. And Tell her that. you've been warning about this all week. <laughs> yeah, you have not shut up for five weeks. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Tell her. Tell her. No, tell her now. Yeah, <laughs> I have better up listening about this. You tell her what you've been saying for five weeks. I am not listening again after this. And Dax being Dax is just just like, yeah, fine. I think she's... I I think he's right. I think you sacrifice... Like, if you... Like, surely it's symbolic that you're... Even if you're not eating the tug, it's symbolic that you're eating the tug. That's why you sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Sacrifice after the feast. What the fuck? Like that's that's adding insult to injury for killing yeah. that tug if you do it afterwards. But it's, I actually agree with him. It's one of them where it's great and it it works both ways. It's it's not a, a gender dynamic thing. It, it is just a couple's dynamic where you've got one thinks something is incredibly important and the other one just goes, yeah, okay. And okay. that's it. Yeah. yeah, I have no problem. I have no problem doing this. And, it, and it's bothered you for like a, a month. <laughs> yeah, and it's good that it's Worf who's the one going through this. Just that that juxtaposition of <laughs> yeah, Worf being the one who's getting really stressed about something is great. I mean, you can throw it the other way as well. <laughs> I mean, like, and by the way, I'm saying this, and this is canonically in Deep Space Nine. They've shown them doing this. Like if uh, he, if Dax wanted to go for a spa with Kira, which they've done on the show, so I'm not just being sexist or anything. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think Wolf's going to go. Oh, but no, she's going. He's going. Yeah, fine. do I have to go? No, brilliant. Go, go for it. Oh go yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Spa with honour, and also spa in the scene, just very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you've got Martok here. I just love the fact that he says something which, like, for me, is a subtly really great line. It's when he goes, like, uh, oh, Klingons make great warriors, lousy physicians. And it's like, yeah, I get the feeling this is one safe space he can say that in. Like, if he said that to any Klingon, yeah. like, Klingon doctor. Yeah. But I think secretly this just shows he enjoys a bit of bedside manner, but he can't admit it. He yeah. likes being pampered a little bit I, when I, he's getting well, we saw the we saw the banter between him and uh, Bashir before. Last time, didn't we, where Bashir yeah. stuck bleed all on the floor? And I think he actually enjoys that with Bashir. Yeah, and I think Bashir, also... When Bashir he... fixes him up, but he's also not scared to sort of talk back to him. And Klingons appreciate that. Yeah, that's back it. Don't carry with them. And I think that, like, yeah, when the... the uh... Klingon doctors operating on your shoulder, you probably like wrench it purposefully a little bit hard, and you're you're not a good warrior if you don't like sit yeah. there and just take it. Whereas like yeah, he gets uh, a bit, bit bit of rest yeah. there. And I think if you take a bad aesthetic, you are not going to starve a car. And yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Whereas these are machines going. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't come yeah, yeah. The and yeah. starve a car, they 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 check your piss when you get there, and if there's anything. <laughs> um, but I think it's also probably Matok is in this really privileged position because probably all Klingons know Klingon doctors are crap and they've probably heard how great Federation doctors are. But because because of the pride and their honour, they can't go to a Federation doctor. 
But because Martok's been in this life and death situation with Bashir and they've shared their war stories and they've shared the honour, he can justify and, and, going to and it. Bashir, and Bashir was his position while he was exactly. fighting Exactly, so he can now justify it. But if anyone else on the crew goes to <laughs> yeah. it, he can still mock them and go, ah, Federation <laughs> yeah. doctor, I yeah, only like go Bashir, to him Bashir. because he shared <laughs> yeah. the war with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Bashir now is good. I I've never thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. I'm sold on that. Bashir's got the same. Bashir's got the same kind of status as Dax now, like almost honorary yeah. on through uh, his uh, valor yeah. and uh, yeah. tales of good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Martok can claim he's my personal. That's opinion. it. And Martok will probably have people, you know, coming up to him like, "Can I go see Doctor Bashir?" No, I am the only one who will suffer the dishonor of a Federation <laughs> doctor. <laughs> and he's going. It's like. Oh, how do we know he tends to your wounds? Do you want to hear the opera again? I'll play it yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I'll play it. I'll just go get my isolinear rod because I've not okay, made a copy okay, yet. Okay, okay just go and see the doctor. Fine, I don't want to hear it again. It's not on Dak Dakify. I need to go get my thing and change it over. Well, you know, amongst the kind, it's very dishonourable to copy your uh, operas. You've got to have yeah, the original stuff. that's it. Bashir, right. So, okay, I'm, as you know, Bashir's like my favourite character and I, I love giving more screen time, absolutely. But he seems to be pulling a rather odd duty at the minute because he turns up to Cisco and gives him a report on the Seventh Fleet and it's like, why is the Doctor yeah. bringing you a report on... Yeah, why is he getting a report? Because of his statistical genius, he can probably ah, okay. get the report to you in five seconds, whereas someone else would have to work out... Ah, so, so, so because he, they now know he's hyper-intelligent, he gets all the shitty jobs, like, right, we got a load yeah. of data, Bashir. Yeah, but it's, no, but it's not just that we've got a load of de- data. But, and you've been ordered back to um, Starbase. It's like, yeah. where is that? But it's not just that he's got the data on the Seventh Fleet. It's also got the oh, and you've got an order to come back to Starbase. Why is that gone through the doctor before? She yeah, why is it come to the infirmary first? Yeah. But anyway, it's section thirty-one. That's okay. Nice. We'll go with that. And then Cisco breaks the table, and apparently this was unplanned. This was Avery Brooks hit it too hard. Oh, nice. Because within the Star Trek canon, that table is not made out of glass. That's made out of transparent aluminium or whatever. That's what I was thinking. So it shouldn't break. And I think they knew that, but they were like, you know what? That's just cool. We're leaving (laughs) that. Yeah, I can say anything like that, which happens on set, like that gets my... Like before, I was going to pick up on that for the same reason as you just said. But no, if it just happened in the room... Yeah, yeah it you just happened. You don't pass up something No, like that. that's it. And it's, you know what, we can... we I'm sure we can make up... You know what, it's because Cisco's part profit and he, his hand transcended the time-space thing as he hit it, and that's how it could break it. There you go, because there's a great... Like, there's a few uh, versions of this, but uh, do you know the film It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. There's a scene where one uh, his uncle drunkenly walks off screen... And that was meant to be it, and he was just meant to have walked into the distance. Mm-hmm. At the same moment as he walked off, someone knocked it over some film cans. They were they were going to get fired, but basically, ah. just James Stewart reacted as if the guy had just fallen, and he goes, "Ooh, you know." And then, uh, so they not only did they not get fired, they got a, a bonus payment for additional sound effects. Excellent. <laughs> I, I love anything like that, which just happens on. The they are show. great. These little quick, just one one more. We will get back to Deep Space Nine, but. 
Um, you know the the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, not the not the, the, the good one, the not good the one. one. And obviously, Sorry, fin- it, the last shot of it, the Wicker Man's head falls over to reveal the sun directly behind it, and that was a, a bit of luck while they were filming it because. Obviously, when they set it alight, they didn't know exactly when the head was going to drop off, and you can't, you couldn't CGI the sun to be in exactly the right <laughs> spot and everything. But I mean, that's exactly what you'd do now. But when yeah. you look at it, it's absolutely perfect framing and perfect timing, and it was just fortuitous that it fell <laughs> at the exact time it did, and the camera caught it perfectly. And you couldn't have done it again in a million years until CGI and everything else. So you, so. Wouldn't, you, you it wouldn't be real Wicker Man. No. That would be CGI. It wouldn't be real Fire. That would be CGI. And it wouldn't be a real Sun. That would be CGI. Exactly. So you'd get the shot, but it wouldn't look as <laughs> yeah. good. And you'd also have Nicolas Cage there going, not the bears. Unless you've got one of these directors who've just got that big that they can go, oh, Sonic, I'm going to build a whole city in the desert because <laughs> I can. Yeah, Christopher you know, Nolan would probably do yeah. that. I mean, there was yeah. there was concern when he was making this Oppenheimer film that he'd probably going to set off a real Latin bomb, which uh, hopefully he hasn't. <laughs> Um, back on the station then, and this is where we start to get this lovely politicking between Ducat and Demar and Kira and Odo and Wayun. And it's just brilliant, just all the little subtle sort of microaggressions between all of them. Like you've got Ducat doesn't want Bajoran security. Wayun's starting to order Demar around. Like the bit where he says, don't look at him, do what I'm telling you. Cool. Go. Yeah, but Demar's still no. subservient to Descartes, even though yeah. he shouldn't be. And the, <laughs> this whole, like, all the opening scenes in the separate areas, they're so wonderfully tense. Yeah. Everyone's tension is right there on the screen, so well done. Like, even to the point, even though he's kind of completely subordinate, when Bashir goes, like, we're going to run our ships, Captain. And, like, any other time, he'll get an ass grilled for that, but everyone's just been through it. Yeah. Like, they're so roar at that time Cisco let's go and you know that's a huge jump for Cisco well, yeah, yeah, like you say everyone's got their tensions everyone's wait, got a reason to mistrust each other well you have it from O'Brien don't you he said we've spent the last three months run away run away just once I'd like to see the back men running yeah. away from us yeah it, it's the moment when you've got though that in this room particularly like where you've got Descartes and Demar 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 um, Wayne and uh, Kira, and they like it, it's like a Mexican standoff, yeah. which is never spoken about, and it's just so great. Like if, it, it sets the scene so well that you know the inevitable kind of breakdown of things yeah, between the countries. Yeah, it's definitely and, uh, coming. And- but this is also you can look at this as being the start of the hero of Cardassia as well. That the the Dominion, how the Aldrin are about yeah. that they're not. Not for Cardassia, they are overruling how they are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Ducat has effectively... He's sold his entire species for his own ego, and he's trying to justify to himself that that's not what he's done. But it it absolutely is. Well, he has the conversation with Kira later, doesn't he? Oh, the stuff between him and Kira, it's like he has never seem more evil or more predatory towards her mm. like this is him it like we've previously seen him being predatory from a position of weakness or a position yeah. of at least equal at yeah. best 
but we've never seen him being this pervy on her from a position of strength and he relishes it he brings it straight to the forefront it's so well acted but so creepy to watch it's yeah. just such stunning job on that scene as well one other thing that I picked up on is there's a bit of a throwaway line where they're talking about the minefield and Wayun says the the progress on the minefield is going very slow and it occurred to me this time do you think Decap's doing that on purpose I thought that <coughs> this time when I watched it yeah because he knows that ooh that's that good. He's, de- he's deliberately keeping the union yeah. numbers down. Exactly. So we don't overswarm Cardassian. That's it. As soon as that wormhole's open, there is nothing to stop the Dominion throwing as many troops onto Cardassia as they want to do. But and for now... complete control of Cardassia. Yeah. At he, the moment, he's still keeping himself yeah. on a level... Play, on almost... It's not quite level with them, but he's not far... Yeah. But as well, soon as they get all them troops, it's going to be like that. Yeah. He's got enough leverage, it basically, to pretend that he's equal. Mm. Even though, yeah. the, like, the second that he really did anything to piss off Wayne, Wayne goes, in your place, bitch. Like, he still does. Yeah. But he gives him a little bit of rope first. It's like the whole thing with the Bajorans. I think he wouldn't have given crap. He would have just gone, yeah, Bajorans can get the weapon yeah. back. That's fine. And it wouldn't matter what, what um, Kardashian and um, and Dukat said. Dukat said. <laughs> But here he gives them a little bit of like, oh, just give them a concession. That'll shut them the fuck up while I wait yeah. for my troops to come through. Then I don't have to listen to this prick ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. And that's that's where Yoon's attitude to it all. Yeah. I did. I got exactly the same as you this rewatch of it. That the cat. I is didn't think of it. I love here. it. I love yeah, it. Uh, I and think I think it also. I think it's also. Um, I was completely forgotten what I was going to say. Never mind. Never mind. So I'm about to cut and now it's gone. So Quark's not minding it as an occupation goes. He's he, and that's quite he telling that he's like, well. look, it's not as bad. There's not a big segregation. There's not, ma- yeah, they're the, not making your mind shit on the promenade. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've not got my bar full of uh, Bajorans, literally too tired to drink or anything, just falling. collapsing yeah. when the finish is. And, and let's lest we forget another line where like he would get killed on Frankenar for saying. I'm not just worried about profit. Sacrilege. But yeah. he, he knows he's safe to say it. Like, he can admit that he does actually care about other things, which they do show yeah. throughout, like, yeah. as it goes forward, especially. And this, it plants the first seeds of where we see Kira next episode because it, as occupations go, it is quite a cosy occupation. And Kira, you would think, would be the last person to fall for that and to start to relax, and that's what we get next episode, is her realising that that's what's going on. Um, But the the seeds of it are planted here. It's great. But she does say she asks Odo to get involved, and then she complains when Odo gets involved later. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the only bit where I'm going, stay in your lane. Come on, look, you asked him to make this request for you. He then Well, she does apologise to her, don't she? Yeah, well, she does. She, that's because she's she hasn't real. She's she has a re, a moment of clarity in the next episode and realizes that she's a collaborator. Oh, completely no, I know, but and I she just doesn't think like when, it at all. But, but it's like here, she directly asks him to make this yeah, request, I've, and he sees the natural extension to this, which I think it is, is to when he gets offered a place in the council. Brilliant, we're on the inside now. And yeah, I think with Kira, it, it's a lack of self-awareness, which she does find the next episode. I think she's looking at everyone else thinking, why aren't you fighting it? Why aren't you doing everything you can? 
to undermine it. But she's it has the penny hasn't dropped yet that at the moment she's not doing that either. And I think maybe that's why like she's pushing Odo to do something and getting arsy with him when he, he's not doing enough in her eyes. And then it's next episode, she goes, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, I've got this What's guy bringing even, me coffee. I've got... It's not even enough. It's like, right, I asked you to do this one thing. The fact that you did the next logical step, mm. I'm pissed with. Cause it's almost like I didn't, like I'm... She, I think she is someone who feels the need to be in charge of the strategy. Someone goes kind of and does something on their own back. I don't think. Maybe. I, I think it's that bit of control she's got in all the chaos, maybe. Um, the other thing I, I did remember what I was going to say before with Wayne, and it's throughout this episode, so it's not very specific to this bit, but he gives, gives this laugh in that scene particularly, mm. where it's like, it's perfect because... It sounds like if a computer programs someone to laugh, it's like, ha, ha, yeah. ha, 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 like he's trying yeah. to uh, ease the tension. But it's such an awkward, nervous laugh, which where he's genetically engineered, it's like it's what the founders kind of think a laugh might sound like. Yeah, it's, it's, just it's, it's, it's like a fake work laugh, which makes sense yeah. for a genetically engineered bureaucrat. You know, it's um... yeah. There was um, Pendulum <clears throat> Penn and Tellers does this thing. It says this thing about like kids swearing. It's like. They know the words, but not the tune. Mm. It's like, it feels a bit like that. They know all the words to program into him to be a diplomat, but not the tune of diplomacy. Yeah. There is a certain flow to it. There's a certain way you talk, and they don't know that. And, and that's why, and perfectly acted out by him. And arguably, he, to an extent, he doesn't need to know because Dominion diplomacy only goes so, so far, then they shoot everybody. So he, he doesn't exactly. need... <laughs> He doesn't need the well, level of subtlety that, um, that other diplomats might. Another great scene with Wayunes where he's talking to Jake about his articles and Jake says, what about freedom of the press? And the way he says to him, tell me you're not that naive. It's just <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> and again, perfect, because like Jake, yes, you can tell he's got the instinct of a reporter, but he hasn't got that training. He hasn't got that time. So he makes some real rookie mistakes, but they yeah. don't seem stupid mistakes. They're anyone who might have been forced in this position reporting on a war when you haven't got that much experience as a reporter already. Yeah. And it's pitch perfect. And it and is. Again, just yeah. wonderful it is hopelessly see, like, naive. See, like... Yeah, but you can see perfectly from Wayun is perfectly right here because as far as he's concerned, all right, they have. A non-aggression pact with Bajor. Cardassia mm -hmm. has joined um, the Dominion. And as part of that non-aggression pact, uh, Bajor has handed back the station to Cardassia. It, it isn't an occupation. No, he has, no. He has full... He hasn't... Uh, had, they took it off the Federation, but the Federation never actually owned this station. The Federation were there as facilitators for the Bajorans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is... It's only an occupation if you're thinking of yourself as a Federation citizen, which, yeah. apart from Jake, they're not. I yeah. mean, the only thing I would add to that is, it's again, it's the kind of, like, back and forward we have about the Dominion War in general. But I will just add to that, because your, your arguments make total sense, but at the same time, it's sort of like, yeah, it's like... Um, yeah, it's a lovely station you've got here. Wouldn't it be a shame if it got blown apart. Or you could let the Kardashians take over. Look, it's totally your choice. I'm not for oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, no, I, yeah. I, I, no, I yeah, fully, agree, are, with, I right. fully agree with that. But from Wayun's point of view, yeah. they have 
They've taken the station back from the Federation for the Bajorans. Yeah, it's justified. No, well, from not their the Bajorans. I don't think you could say no, even but, then. No, but you know what I mean. It's sort of yeah. Like, I mean, he's basically he's diplomatically justified in what he's on says. paper. He's right. Yeah, Li- you know, in the real world, he's yeah. Right. He, no, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, on paper, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then uh, just one other decap bit. I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'll pick this out before we get onto the the Cisco storyline. Um, there's a bit where he is talking to Kira, and he says, "I made Cardassia strong again," and. That just reminded me of someone who said they'd make America great again. I don't know why it, it resonated so much there. <laughs> but he, his tone, his infliction, when he says it, the meaning behind it all, I was just like, wow. Yeah, but then he gets really creepy with Kira in his office, and I can't imagine any president, I mean, sorry, no, any leader no. of a world who says we're going to make somewhere great again would be like that. No, I mean, abs- and certainly absolutely not. Certainly not no. Unless they're convicted of it, and then I'd have to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't believe any president of the United States of America would ever be convicted of that. And especially no. if they were and they're out of office, they definitely wouldn't have any chance of running again and winning. That uh, wouldn't, we're, we're going far-fetched here. I think, so. No, that's why this is science fiction and nothing like this happens <laughs> in reality. Um, yeah. So back on the other side of things then. So Cisco's reassigned to be like the... Area commander, I suppose, he's the coordinator of all the Starfleet operations and everything. He gets a cool space station. Not as cool as Deep Space Nine, but pretty cool. And yeah, but that, this, this posting doesn't actually last very long, does it? No, it doesn't really. It's not like you've got an office for a few days while you train. <laughs> But we do get yeah. to meet one of our, who will become one of our practically main cast members, which is Admiral Ross. He's pretty much going to be our admiral from now to the end of the series yeah. now. Yeah, is this his first appearance? I, I think so, a, yeah. Wasn't is he already in Paradise Lost and Paradise I've got, Game? No, I've got that was Admiral Forrest. Are you sure we haven't seen Admiral Ross before? I'm pretty I'm sure, sure we is, haven't seen him before. Forrest is um, Enterprise. Oh, sorry. Admiral... It was the guy who was in Babylon 5 playing the bad Admiral as well. No, um, anyway... Sure, we've seen him before. Anyway, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, the whole thing with this... Though, is, I mean, this kind of actually ties up two of my things. I've realised two of my uh, uh, standing complaints married together. I've said Cisco should have been captain from day one, like, after they discovered the wormhole, yeah? Mm-hmm. And also that doesn't make logical sense that he is the captain of the station and also the defiant they're two like there's two things it's a big enough job to have two people if they had made him captain straight away you could have made him admiral when he yeah you could have done like oh you could have had then wolf comes in he captains the defiant kira gets a bit of a promotion as kind of captain of the station like or the bajoran equivalent underneath Mm -hmm. admiral um cisco well even before the war he gets to be a like he gets to command a few fleets, I believe, like here and there on episodes. Yeah, he's he's definitely. This is where they start leaning on the Cisco is this brilliant military tactician sort of storyline, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. isn't everything he does more on admiral's job, like all that tactical? It is. Yeah, I think would do. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they didn't want to promote him that, again yeah. just for view yeah, again I mean. going back to that syndicated thing of no we, we've called him captain now so when you tune in he's captain we don't want he's him captain. suddenly, suddenly be admiral right. if, 
That's why you do, if you do an emissary, this is perfectly set up now. Like, or even when he got the defiant for him to become an admiral, because well, yeah, no, he's already in is, charge of the the space actually, station right on the worm, I, by the wormhole. And I the Stephen Burr was actually on a podcast this week. Oh yeah, and he said that, and he was saying that, um, like how it was written originally was for a commander for the station, but it was too young. But it was for a younger actor than what every uh, okay. Yeah, uh, but and they didn't change it, and he said, and like we know, Iris Stephen Burke came in later, and then he did make him a captain. Yeah, but um, he was saying that with Avery Brooks, he should have been a captain almost from the start. It, it yeah, go on, Iris Stephen. It, it that was basically what he was saying. That yeah, it was written for a younger act, actor in mind when they wrote it initially, but. And that's why bears and great. dragons are natural friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. We get we we think logically like this. And so they go off on a mission. They're going to destroy the Ketracel White, and we get all this fun stuff about getting used to the Dominion ship. And you've got the little eyepiece, and Garak has to wear it because it gives everyone else a headache, and it's all good all fun. All I can think, all I can think is all the times when Star Trek has predicted future technology, they tried their best with Google Glass, it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and I like the the thing of, oh, well, um, oh, my legs are hurting. Well, these weren't designed for chairs. Doesn't mean you can't put a chair put in. some chairs like, in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can fit everything else. But no, we don't have chair fitting technology. Yeah, it's not yeah. like and, you're going to be like... letting people look at the inside because they'll see that you're yeah. not Jemadar. So... And, and it was like, there's no sick bay I've had to put medical supplies in my quarters and it's not like what they couldn't have taken one of a couple of the rooms and knocked a couple of walls out to me yeah so yeah, what you, what have you been doing with this ship for a year lads have you just yeah. been messing about if geordie had have had this ship at his fleet yards he could have done all sorts with it and, and it's not like what sort of stuff have you done because you put we put that ds9 crew on and in a fortnight, they've had to learn how to use the controls to be able to fly it. Yeah. So what have they done for the last year? What have they, And you're right, it's what have they been doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, by the way, what, why does... Sorry, this is a very separate point, but why does, Bush, uh, does O'Brien suddenly not like field rations? He loved them in the early yeah, days. Yeah, I thought yeah. that. Uh, well, I don't think... They he, do this. I'm not sure, sure if he's saying that he doesn't like them. Yes, he does. I think it, but I no. I mean, in this conversation with Nog, yeah. I think he's. I think he's sort of like going to rock, Nog. See what you think in a few weeks. Yeah, but then later on he goes, "Oh, I'd kill yeah. for a sandwich." He, I, I, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah, to true. Attempt. Actually, and plus, yeah. Yeah. in later episodes they mention it again because I noticed this when I first watched it. It really always annoyed me. It just it, one of those silly little birds in my shoe kind of things. Yeah, it's like in the earlier series character. he talks about how much he loves it, and then he gets given some Kardashian and goes, "No Federation ones." He's even very specific. It's Federation feel records <laughs> he loves. And Maybe then he's trying him. to put Nog off them, so he wants more for himself. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And then every we'll other time, he's just trying to go. Oh no, they're disgusting. No, you wouldn't like this. Oh, yeah, you won't. Like yeah. a cookie monster for feels right. No, this this uh, beef stew is awful. <laughs> this yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You, no, I'll take it. I'll eat it for you. You would hate it that much. I, I'll take this bullet. I you could just leave it. it. No, 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 no. You'd feel compelled to eat it if I left. Mm. Um and yeah, so they they go to the the white facility and you get all this. They've got to work out the timings and everything so you get Bashir to do his his cool calculations and everything again 
And yeah, instead of using it like the computer that has a stopwatch, how long was that shit there with its communication? Oh, it took uh, two minutes, 58 seconds. You have to have Bashir count it. Yeah, well, oh, that's oh, it. Exactly. He's doing the computer's job. He's relaying messages. He's doing everything he's poor lad at the minute. Can I call out? There's a lovely bullshit line here. You know how I love to call these out. It's like it goes, uh, oh, um, it'll be tricky. And Cisco goes, not if we get our calculations right. That's a tricky part, you Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a fair it point. Is yeah, it'll take a long time, but only if we go slowly. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, the the bomb goes off. They're stuck without warp, and that leads us right into the next episode. Which, which by the way, if they, as they've established, if they don't warp out within a second yeah. before it blows, they will definitely die. They definitely definitely it. die. Then it blows at the wrong time. They go, definitely, yeah, definitely. but we made it anyway. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there, but what this does cause them to do is say damn a lot. You have it because we can't say any other swear word on syndicated TV. Uh, apart from that one time, O'Brien says bollocks, but we might get to and that. Bloody, one day. he says bloody. Uh, like, can he go away with bloody here? Um, it probably could have called them wankers as well because probably the could have done yeah. yeah. Wanking this, the wanking that, the Yeah, Buffy did I mean, that all the time because yeah, Buffy did it a few times. And actually, I think they could have got away with some because I seem to remember when they were released on DVD, there were a few which were oh sorry VHS, there were a few which were fifteens. Yeah, there were a yeah. couple of DS nines. Yeah, but like I think this, this one's certainly on streams. Was this was this a fifteen? I think that yeah, was more the BDM. I think it's the scene that's coming up. I think why this is because the the made for American TV to be TV PG or whatever, and then yeah. the BBFC yeah, does whatever American it likes. T- uh, American so, yeah. TV is very strange because you can't have like any underage sex or drinking of under, underage but you can go out with a machine gun and uh, gun down everyone well absolutely I, I don't think it's just that, TV that, gets, that, gets you, that gets you a you <laughs> oh yeah but, but it, it becomes an 18 if um, like or it, it's absolutely fine to burn books to uh, you know yeah <laughs> But if you get a drag actor reading a story to a kid, then that's... That's uh, bad. That's that's really bad news. Um, And hopefully everyone who's listening knows that we're we're joking there. We're being very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, tongue is definitely in cheek here. But, yeah, it's... The BBFC does weird things. Like, we've talked before about how they don't like nunchucks. They didn't like headbutts for a long time. You couldn't show a headbutt. Um, very, very strange but, ideas. It took us a long time in England to see the uh, TNG episode um, where we have Tasha Yar's sister because yeah, it mentions the IRA. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Because um, at the time, all that was still going on, the Troubles in Ireland, as we call them now. But it went, and the IRA were victorious as terrorists. But every <laughs> time, funny enough, that got banned here. But if you watch every <laughs> single Tasha Yar episode, she talks about her backstory. She does not get one sentence in before mentioning rape gangs, and that's fine. That's no, that's very true. Yeah. Play that for the kids. Yeah, it's very strange. It is odd yeah. what what passes, what censors, and what doesn't. Yeah, it's it's, it's, quite... I mean, like over here, here, and especially in Ireland. Trust me, I've got an Irish mum. Bloody is like a comma. If yeah. you use that word on American TV, that's like a swear which is not allowed. Yeah, 
before the war. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dax gets injured then, and the crash on this planet, and then we start to get. That, what gets me? I just want to go to what a part of this crash. Because bear in mind at this point, there's only Garrick who can see what's going on outside the ship. Senses are down. Yeah. They've got into a nebula and they're in a gravity well, but they don't know what. And Garrick doesn't say, oh, we're going to crash on a planet. We've got this, this going on. He just goes, hold on. <laughs> no, that's very yeah. Garak, though, in, uh, in like, I'm not going to tell you there's a planet coming. I, yeah. I also love the way that it crashes. Isn't like the, you usually get a very sweeping kind of like flames coming out of the back, but it just drops like a stone. Yeah, it's a really it does. Nice effect. I like well, that. Well, I, I did. I thought this is like, yeah, that's sure that this is not coming in control, a controlled <laughs> crash landing. This is yeah, this Coming is. Down. We, we yeah. want to show just how fucked they are. They're just yeah. going to drop like a stone. Yeah, it's great. And really great. we start to get some really cool stuff with the Gemadar. Like we're starting to see they've got a lot more honor than to use a Klingon phrase than we might have seen before. And you get this thing of the the third question the Vortas orders, so he won't be promoted to the first, even though they've not got a first or a second. But it's yeah. The, it's these power dynamics again. It's like I'm going to refer to you as the third, well, even though. Well, well, um, going back to last episode, um, Golda Cap pulled Wyun on this, didn't he? When he was handing the white out to the Gemadar, mm. he goes, "You enjoy that, don't you?" Being in control. yeah, that's it. And why you and like we see it here that the Vorta does know he's in charge, but you get Wyun. The previous episode said. No, we're all equal. The founders are who are in command. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Wayne is a much more loyal soldier than this guy. And I also love the fact, I mean, I've got a very love-hate relationship with this storyline, only because it's like, in some places, it's so much like the other episode, which I even reference in this, where, like, the, the spin there was that the um Gemdar end up killing the uh, Vorta, whereas it's sort of the other way around. This time the yeah. Vorta screws over the Gemadar. But until then there is so much similarity in this that it yeah, I think this I is probably a stronger episode. Um, it is, but it's a stronger yeah. take of one we've already seen yes, true. a series ago. Yeah. Um the Vorta gets injured as well and we have this sort of um, mirroring of you've got Dax lying out on a rock and you've got the Vorta lying out on a rock. I suspect it's the same rock and that they filmed this on the same set on different days and just shot it from the opposite angle, but, you know... Yeah, no, they wouldn't do that. No, no, you're right. It's a completely <laughs> separate cave, and you can tell because everyone's facing it, that way in one yeah. and the other way in the other, so you're right. Exactly, and and there's no way they'd have done this on separate days. It'd have been an hour in between. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. I can probably, though, forgive any of my, like, uh, points about this storyline that I don't like just for the fact that they... Heat phaser a rock. A phasered rock will yeah. always bring a smile to my face. We it's get it, to those classic touchstones. I, lo I love that phaser setting. Phaser yeah. Heat up a rock. We get to see <laughs> the heat up a rock setting. We don't get to see the cut through rock setting, which is a shame. So that might have come in hand. They could have made Dax's bed more comfy if they'd. Uh... Yeah. Well, Use and, and, and Garrick uses it to, um, like, for the clothes to basically tie in them, it seems like. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, dry out all the clothes. I like the bit O'Brien ripped his pants and they have a good laugh <laughs> yeah. about it. That's quite good fun. Well, it's because that's what really upset him. That's when he yeah. got really upset. 
But it's like, no, it wasn't really upset about that. That was just the final little straw yeah. that broke. <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel's back, although, basically. Although all of um, Dax's clothes get ruined. Can you imagine early series Bashir? He would have been oh. drooling, like he would have been oh. tripping over his own tongue. I mean, he would have loved yeah. it. He would have loved it. But yeah. he's a much more mature man now than he once was. Um, Nog and Garak then they have that brilliant scene where he, Nog won't let him won't turn his back on Garak basically yeah. and I'm it, not walking in, in front of you you stay in front which is very it's, it's sensible just because I tried to kill you last series I mean jeez like Garak even like jokes I mean, even without that incident it's very very sensible when ge- dealing with uh, Garak but, I think but Garak even says there's hope for you yet when he says, yeah, I'm not yeah, he likes that. Again. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually added to what I was saying before about him and his relationship with Bashir. Now he's uh, knows he's super intelligent. I think like he's really, in some ways, character really thriving on all this. Like, oh, the chaos of it is just such it's engine for him. Derek is is an assassin that goes all over the galaxy normally on missions, and he's been. Stuck on DS9 for six years, five years, whatever it is. Yeah. And suddenly he's out in the galaxy again fighting and he loves it. I yeah, think this he's is fun. Of his life. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it, it, funnily enough, I think it gets back to that scene between him and Quark where he tries to root beer and he goes, like, uh, no, try it. He goes, like, oh, it's clawing. It's like, worst thing is, you come to love it after a while. And I think it's he has insidious. come to love the Federation <laughs> yeah, in yeah. that same way. But, now he's cut loose, he, like going back to our ways. Like, all right, I hope the Federation win, but let's have a fucking crack on this one. Yeah, let's have some that's love, it. Some and he gets to do that bit where they meet the Volta, and he thinks, I'm going to try and blag this. I'm going to pretend that uh, I work for the Cardassians, okay. and I'm a. Yeah. Although, how quickly? I was, I was just going to no, say, how quickly does he fold after yeah. he goes like a. Why do you have your combat drum? And you go, well, can't think of life for that. Well, he kind of just gone and said, well, I infiltrate them, of course. Yeah, and I stole uh, it from I, someone, I, and I, it's the I'm only way. I've escaped from their ship. It's the only way I could control parts on the ship. Yeah. Every time I've watched this episode, that's always jarred me. Since I think yeah. since it's the first too time easy. I watched it, I've always been like, yeah. Yeah. I was he's the master of bullshit, that. and he can't think of one mm-hmm. lie. He just goes, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. No, he's yeah. Garrick. He, he, yeah, he exactly. I think it's one of those that. It's out of character, but how are you going to drive the stop? You need to move the story forward. You can't have it being bro- taking a long time in being broken. And it's true. But I, think, I, think it, I, I was about to say, I think it's lazy writing. Yeah. Because you could have done an easy fix with Nog saying something which gives yeah. the game. Uh, oh, Where he's like, he goes, Why did you have this combat on? It's like, See, I told you you'd ask about the combat. It's like, Nog, I was going to lie my way out of this. Yeah, they could have easily done that. Or they could have had the Volta, well, I've got this report on who's on this ship and your name's on it. There's all sorts they could have done. I've got it on this pad. Here we go. Washed out. Done. Um... Meanwhile, on the station, then we've got, we talked about it a bit anyway, but we've got Kira's routine where she's just going through the motions. Uh, and they're talking about a protest coming up. And again, this is a bit where we're completely in the realm of science fiction because they say they're trying to abolish the right to protest. And obviously, that's not something that had ever happened in, oh. in real life whatsoever. That had never happened. No, no, no. You'd no. never get that in this country. Absolutely Do you not. Think- 
do you, do you think the Tories and Republicans watch back like Star Trek and, and like follow the baddies for ideas? Yeah, they get ideas from it. Yeah, well, do you think this is where? Do you think this is what? Like we've often said, haven't we? What do people with right wing politics get out of Star Trek? Because we know the out people yeah, with right wing politics who love Star Trek. And you might have just hit the nail on the head there. They are rooting yeah. all the way through for the Klingons and the Cardassians and the Dominion. It's though they like, do. It's they... like, and and maybe they're uh, sort of like watching sort of maybe episode twenty two of season seven and going. Now, if we do that instead, yeah, they, I was going to say they do take some good ideas, some ideas from the good guys because. Um, I don't know if you caught Prime Minister's question time this week, but Suella Breverman's actually going to put a series of replicating mines across the English Channel um, <laughs> to stop any small boats coming across. So we've got that to look forward to. And she just puts one normal mine out after saying she's going to do that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's like, true. No. We're not efficient I, I, enough to do that. We don't have a nog in the British government. I mean, yeah, my, my kind of thing is... Wrong. I think Wrong, sorry, when they yeah. watch it, I think when they watch it, they see the kind of like what we see now is like either imperfections of the way we thought at the time or kind of the studio pushing for certain things to be a certain way at the mm -hmm. time like stuff which gene ron murray always sought to perfect as he went on he was always evolving the image like as as did everyone else who kind of like contributed to star trek most of the arc of it was to improve um Berman maybe aside anyway um but like you know i think they see all those things which we see as now faults in the original series just based on the time it was made in mm. they see those the things as what were good about star trek which yeah. as they're slowly eked out to make the vision of star trek more appropriate to what star trek's mission is they're like it's getting too woke it's like no this was always what they were working towards yeah. it's just we had to work within the times it was made in yeah it was i mean as i've said before we won't we won't get into the whole woke thing but these people who said oh picard's way too woke it's like Jean-Luc Picard is the most woke character that has ever... <laughs> he, he's the epitome of woke, so don't give me that rubbish. Anyway, um, so Cisco, he has a good scene with the Vorta, and I love this Vorta guy, by the way. He's so slimy. It's such a great performance. Um, yeah. But he has this scene where he's trying to work on him, and, and then Dax just goes, do you think he bought any of that when he walks out? And it's just a great scene. Yeah, yeah, I've got no, no too much to uh, add to that. I, I mean, I, I love do like, I do like, well. I do like when he's getting operated on, and the Jedi yeah. are all gathered around and Bashir's there. I'm not going to hurt him, and it's like, no, they want to see inside me. Yeah, it's like looking <laughs> inside a god. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you, you every other um, no, the situation. Don't, the don't view the no, the not a god, but yeah, the viewers overseers. The way I see it is that, like, in any other mission that the Vorta or anyone from the Founders goes on, they're in the, they're, again, it's that thing of the position of power. When they're in the position of power, it's very easy for them to all time the line. It's when they're in the position of weakness like this. Even uh, Wayne, to a degree, is in a position of vulnerability compared to where he is usually. You see, you, you sort of sort out the wheat from the chaff at this kind of moment. Yeah. You see that Wayne is a guy in the world kind of loyal loyalist whereas um this guy's flaky like as soon as he gets any difficulty he's like no 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 okay yeah i'll just sell you out that's fine and as it, long as i live it does expose 
a bit of a flaw in the founders thinking like okay we'll we'll genetically engineer these super soldiers effectively who are addicted to drugs so we can control them and yeah someone should have maybe put their hand up and said what if they run out of the drugs and they can't get any more oh well they'll just kill everybody then each other okay i well i i think this is something that doesn't generally happen no no it, it it's something that you need extraordinary circumstances so it's not like no it's a risk worth taking yeah it, it'll I, happen I, I, it like if it if it happened in the gamma quadrant before you had before they found the way to the alpha quadrant when they just had dominion space the only time this might happen is if a ship accident something went wrong and ship crash lands yeah this I might say- happen and and they might be the odd uh, occasions to talking about, but here you've got them cut off from the Dominions from the Gamma Quadrant, mm. and that it's really. But you do see in other episodes when they um, like a ship crashes, or whatever. Yeah. All you have to instead of getting make it white, just have a little kind of like um, little, very small kind of explosive in like injected into their brain so that they've got to reset it every 24 hours and if the water doesn't reset it then they die mm. and then you don't have to replicate anything you can just yeah. reset it every yeah time. maybe i mean maybe it's if it nah, i don't know yeah it's i'm sure they could have thought of other ways but um then we see how scummy this water is because he's like right cisco i'll tell you exactly what they're gonna do and he does force Cisco's hand on this because I'm going to send them either way so they're either going to kill you or you can use the information I've given you to kill them and it is like we do get an argument on the ethics of it but I love the fact that Cisco has to put his foot down and go no we're doing it so yeah this isn't a, a debate <laughs> we, we we have no option but it does try to actually it does try something right at because the end. He's, already, he's already spoken to the third and he said, and he's already established with the third that the Volta is doing things for his own ends, not, not looking after yeah. the Jemadar. And he does have a, a chat with him. He, he goes, look, flag a truce, let's meet. I'm going to tell you, he has told us where you're coming from. Yeah. He has told us this so that we can kill you all. Join us, we can put, look after you. And it's the same option. Our doctor can sedate you. We could look after you. We can make sure till we get some white, so you're not. Yeah, I mean, this is where tactician um, Cisco also comes out because it's like there are so many other captains we've seen in other episodes where captains just go for blood, like they just want to like eliminate the enemy. Whereas he's thought about like he realizes the Gemini you can reason with in some situations. But, but you, you can also, get around. I in I, some al- ways. I also had a thought about this while I was watching it this time, mm-hmm. and I think. If this is the first time Cisco had had the conversation, it had got through to the third. Mm. But he had the conversation previously and said what had happened and on another mission when the first had killed Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you've got the third this time going, no, I will not betray what we stand for. Yeah. And he becomes very stubborn about it because, and, and I think Cisco is put that into him, making him that honourable Oh, okay, thing. that's interesting. That's a good point, yeah. How he's doing it. See, to me, I I, I like that. That's a great sort of theory on it, but it, I, I think he's just a really loyal Jemadar, like the other no, ones. 
No, I made a I, choice I, in that moment. They're both going in their own way. Because you get in the first conversation that the third knows what's going on. He, he has seen through I think what he does. Walter is doing already. But if he hadn't had that conversation with Cisco, where Cisco was almost trying to push him then to betray the Vorta. Yeah, I, I that, think we're saying that. If he hadn't had that conversation and then it had got to this point where the Vorta had set the Jemadar up and Cisco had gone and talked and gone, well, look, he's given us who you where you are he's throwing you to the slaughter so we can he can survive and we can kill you we can save you i think it had turned at that point i i don't i I mean for me personally i think the setup at the beginning the fact that he's been made a third because he didn't follow the rules he is already on a track to like i will not deviate from the rules ever again it doesn't matter what's happening yeah and maybe if the same had happened to the other vorta you know the other jumping (laughs) out the other episode the same might have happened yeah i just thought maybe because of that first conversation with cisco swayed it it could well be yeah uh... both very kind of possible stories, yeah. I think. Wrapping yeah. up the station storyline then, so this all culminates in this tragedy where you've got the Vedic... Uh, starting out. Yeah, who was yeah. going to protest, was told well, they couldn't. Well, she protest. Well, she does, and the way she chooses right. to do it is by hanging herself on the promenade, which is... You know, we talked about, like, what you can get away with in syndication and whatnot. It's a shocking image. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a... I mean, I think it's something you might find harder to get away with in a family show now. I don't think you would. I was was watching this again, and I'm thinking, how did they get away with this? And I'm trying to think, was this scene cut originally or not? I don't know. I I can't remember seeing it. I'm sure I remember seeing it. I just think that... At that time, like uh, issues around self harm weren't as being maybe that's it, yeah. Like, like there used to be a stigma around suicide that it was kind of someone's too weak, whereas now we understand, like, it's it's the opposite of being weak. You think that the only thing you can do in that situation to make things better for people around you is to do that. Even in this case, even though it's very different from in a a depression way, she sees that as the only way to make things better for the people around her. Even though, you know, you, you don't want someone to commit suicide, it's not weakness at all. And we understand that now. At the time, I think even in the 90s, we hadn't got there yet. Yeah. And it's that evolution which makes it so shocking to us now that was not recognised at the time. Yeah, I think this one would get a... This is one of them ones where when they revised the ratings, it'd, it'd go up rather than down yeah. um, with because this one. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the fra- phraseology we still use to this day. In fact, it, people are trying to change it. It's like we uh, committed suicide yeah. because it was a crime. Uh, people are now kind of pushing for it to be completed suicide. Yeah, or uh, died uh, by you know, suicide. Yeah, yeah there's the different terminology, which, but anything but committed because yeah. it, it, it's framework. I, I imagine crime. that um, the reason that you probably have a massive pushback on it being changed would have something to do with the insurance companies because of <laughs> insurance on suicide. Well, it's that, and also people are just like, it's that whole thing of like, it, it's why some people push back on uh, using terms like they, uh, Ezra, like, just to get back to him because we mentioned him earlier, them, sorry, see, even in then, I'm trying to mm-hmm. phrase it correctly and I make mistakes, but there's other people who are just like, no, I'm used to using these words, so I can't ever possibly change words. Yeah, like that. Because no, I, they're used to saying things a certain way. Like, 
and I'm making mistakes because I'm used to saying something in the same well, way. It's not because I'm trying to, though. But some people get so angry about it. It's like it, it's more important for me to say things the way I've always said them than to, for that person to Yeah, just a, no. a quick shout out to that uh, teacher who got struck off for refusing to use pronouns. Yeah. Hey, screw you. Yeah, by the way, for anyone in audio, we weren't going A hey, as in good. We were going, we were sticking our fingers up as we yes. said that. Yes, we were. Ah. It's like, I struggle with pronouns. I've got 10 years on YouTube, so I was brought up even before that. And it's an age group thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, no, like, yeah. I have no problem yeah. with trying to use people's pronouns, but I will get them wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's I mean, not, and it's not deliberate. And it's not a wanting to stick to what I know. It's just uh, that I'll get them wrong. It's and teaching. It's, not, it's teaching your brain I, to do something different that you've done one I think way. That, I, I think that you have to have from the other side that the people who do cho- choose different pronouns have to be understanding that it, that they might have transitioned whatever and they want to be she now instead of he. That we are going to make mistakes, and it's not that we're sticking our feet in that way, being stubborn to refer to them how they want to. It's that we're used to one thing and our brains, we're struggling for our brains to actually work that way. We don't... Yeah, we, we would change. never want to cause offence. We would never want to use the wrong pronouns, but sometimes it... it I know, that, like are people, I know not... that there are people who do it deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we're not using the, the fact that we're making a mistake as an excuse because we always want to strive to do better. It's just the fact of the situation. It's never malicious. It's just, it, it comes up when some when you're used to something. Yeah. I mean, even um, Susie Eddie, Eddie Izzard, as um, she uh, is now kind of going by, I saw an advert the other day where she was clearly, you know, she um, she's wearing, wearing her more feminine look, which she favors these days, uh, but it still said Eddie Izzard at the bottom. Which is like, and that was an advert. Like that was something which is popular. Yeah. There was an interview. There was an interview with him, her, in the papers this her, week. No. She, but it, she was saying that she, at times she will still go by him, and she understands people. Who, yeah. Who, yeah, who, who, why, who, yeah. Who say him as opposed to her, and not the ones who are doing our maliciousness, but the ones that are just used to. It's I'm going to say Eddie Izzard because he's had the stage name for. How many years? Oh, I She's think that's why. I've, I've seen her live years ago. Uh, yeah, I and did it's like, as well. I mean, the, the reason why um, she did it that way of, of keeping Eddie in the name <laughs> is so, like, you know, again, it was, a, I think it was an olive branch. It's like, look, I want people to, to refer to me. She, I, I want to use the name Susie. However, I like you say, I realize people are going to make mistakes and I want to yeah. kind of make this in close and try and bring people yeah. along by doing this. And it's yeah. not anyone's job to make us feel good or do that. But the fact that she did that, I I think is a, a good, you know, fair play to her. A, I think it's a good way to do it, that she's so, showing you understanding that people might all accept how she's moved and try to do call her by the right pronoun. Yeah. But people are used to, she's, was, is, Eddie's had. <laughs> And that just shows how crazy our minds are that somehow we've ended up on pronoun usage from a Vedic hanging herself on the promenade. (laughs) But there we go. So it's very sad. 
Yes, wrapping up the episode then, this prompts Kira to get out of her slump and she forms the new resistance, which so far consists of three people, but she'll get there. We're in a six episode arc. We're only a and third of the way in. We, we, do, have, we do have Keenan uh, walks through all his Jemadash soldiers, surrenders yes. to Cisco, and it really looks like he just. How he walks past them like he just oh, he doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah. No, he doesn't. I just want to say so about. I just want to say so about the guys who played the Jemadar in this episode. Yeah, and I don't know if you. I don't know how they did it. If it's how if if they all had ropes on the back, how they were pulled back when they were shot, or if it's just great stunt work by the guys. But the running forward, and then the yeah. dive backwards, sort of mid step, yeah. and I just want to. Put a big shout out that is a, if it's ropes that pull them back, fair enough. If these guys are doing that in the room, that is amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's probably something that you wouldn't, because so, I've watched it so many times, you notice the little things the more you watch these. Oh, God, and I love things like that. I mean, there's certain kind of stunt work which is just phenomenal, and yeah. you don't. Because you're just in the moment, you don't always notice it. But like well, you say, that's you know, stunning work. You normally yeah. think stunt work, don't you? Jumping off a building or getting blown up in a car doing car work. But to run like that and mm. then suddenly sort of throw yourself backwards like you're being shot is quite... It yeah. takes a bit of doing, absolutely. It, I mean, it, I've it, never it stopped to think really why, how yeah, they got the Wicker Man shot that you were talking about earlier. It's the same thing. I've never thought how they did that, but now you say it. Yeah, of course, that's very but impressive. It's like when you watch it, because, and I was thinking, you watch so many of these shows, and you go to something like the A-Team. Well, not the A-Team, because the A-Team shot hundreds of shots and never hit anyone. <laughs> that's before. true. The Stormtroopers of their day. But, but you get loads of them where people get hit and they just go down. Yeah. And this is realistic. They're running and they're getting hit by a phaser ball and it throws them backwards. It just uh, looks awesome. Can't agree more. Just to uh, go back on the new resistance just very mm. quickly. It's kind of the other interesting thing with that is that uh, it's Kira who sort of gets Odo into the position he ends up being in. Yeah. And she's the one who then goes away from it. It's really weird. It's like, I, I never thought about it before until watching it today, how they change lanes. And it's like, she gets annoyed that he's gone to them, but then kind of understands. And that's just before she has the change of heart. If she had had the change of heart a bit earlier, he might never have turned um, towards the founders as he does in a couple yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Spoilers. Well, we've got all that good stuff to uh, come. I also want to, I want to go, I got carried away with the stunt work, but we want to come back to Keenan. And we, I think it's nine episodes we have to go until Keenan gets his just desserts for this. Ooh, do we? I forgot that we see him again. Yeah, I know. I know the one you mean. Oh, yeah, I yeah, because he's he's a robot. He's worked. Like a puppet. He, he is basically oh, weekend at of course. burning. Yeah, yes. He gets Sorry. weekend at burning. There's not <laughs> many times when you get a weekend at burning outside weekend at burning or weekend at burning too. This is the only example I can think where it happens. But before we get to all that good stuff, then we're going to have a brief Klingon interlude next week. Um, I'm looking forward to rewatching that one because, from what I remember, that's kind of where the where the water got in on this arc. But um, we'll see, we'll see. It's probably due a reappraisal, uh, and also the the follow up episode to that as well. 
Um, so we're on episode three and episode episode four. three and four of season six. Also on the Deep Space Nine soundtrack, it's it's I believe it's track seven is the Klingon interlude. Yes, absolutely, and that's also included in that <laughs> opera. Um, you have to change. That's when you change your coming soon to coming soon to a HMV near you. Yeah, that's when you change your isolinear rod over. Is when you get to the um, the interlude. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can have a look for us on all over social media. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios going on YouTube. And what right. are you working st- on at the moment? Is still the Ferengi Shuttle? I'm still on the Ferengi Shuttle. I'm doing all the... Um, last episode I put out, I'd closed up the cabin... Um, next episode, I've got the hull painted and we have a look at the cabin in place and a couple mm-hmm. of things I need to put to alter. Excellent. And, and do- that video will be out on, I think I'll release it Friday. I've actually already filmed it. so Excellent. That's Quark's treasure you're working on. Yeah. Looks awesome. yeah. yeah, I'm doing Quark's treasure. And do- so I'm not doing the shot. We're going to see... Uh, the Magnificent Ferengi. Right. That's smaller. And Dr. Squee, what have we got going on with the Dr. Squee show? I'm going to keep this quick. Uh, I Because I've been doing like a million and one uh, learning modules ready for the new job I started today and also doing uh, exam invigilation as, as a temp job, uh, I have no idea. Hopefully I'll have something by the time it comes out on Tuesday, uh, 6 till 8, swradio.co.uk or drsquee.com. And... Uh, might be a bit of news in the next couple of weeks about the show Ooh. and a little bit of a change to it just because of my work, but it's not going anywhere, but it's just evolving a little bit. Excellent. Cool. We'll look forward to that. We will indeed. So thanks for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Goodbye. LLAP Dragon!